This is The Blind Dad's Diaries with Martin Ralph and Nathan Edge. So yes, it is. It is The Blind Dad Diaries with myself, Martin Ralph and Nathan Edge. We've had a mini hiatus as we've got some news to share for myself and my partner, Samantha. Um, And also, Nathan, I think it's been a busy week or two for yourself as well. It's been busy. Not quite as busy as uh, as your couple of weeks, Martin. And and, and may I start by saying congratulations, sir. You absolutely can. And you've obviously let the cat out of the bag for anyone that doesn't already know. So, yes, um, the Blind Dad Diaries for why it started and why myself and Nathan are here. It was obviously I was starting a road to becoming a father again for the second time. And Nathan was starting his road to becoming a father for the first time. And we smashed through the finish line a little bit earlier than planned, myself and Sam. And so we welcomed our baby boy, Leo Lee Otto Ralph, on the 2nd of April at 8.14pm. So that is why things have been a little bit quiet on the podcasting front as trying to adjust to new schedules, feeding, changing nappies and all of that fun stuff. So we've got plenty to talk about for this podcast. But what about yourself, Nathan? Um, Yeah, I've been a very interesting couple of weeks for myself too. Uh, Some of you may remember on our last pod, obviously we've mentioned about our baby boy being on a little bit of a smaller side. So we've had another growth scan. And um, I'm happy to say everything is going going well. He's still on the smaller side. Uh, his last weigh-in was on Monday earlier this week, and he weighed five pounds four. And um, he's just below the tenth centile. So they basically said, as he's remained on the same line, on the same trajectory, they're not too concerned. Everything else, you know, is absolutely fine. We just might be having a a smaller baby so there's no there's no plans at the moment to be you know, to, to you know, to need to be any uh, induced or, or anything like that uh, it's it's as as we are and as we record today which is friday um she is now full term so we are on week 37 so it's getting very very real and uh, very <laughs> interestingly as well this morning um emma started feeling sort of tightness around the top of her belly, uh, something that she's not had at all before. She's sort of slightly experienced Braxton Hicks previously, but this was 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 different. Um, it was more sort of a, a tightening. And uh, we remembered that the midwives did, did slightly mention this before. And the un- internet also indicated that this could, in, in some cases, be an early sign of labor. So as, uh, as this happened, which is crazy, because early in the week as well, we were just discussing about when we think the day is going to be. And I jokingly said Friday. I don't know why, but I jokingly said Friday. And uh, for some reason, then Friday comes around and this happens. Uh, but you know, that, it doesn't look like she's in labour. It was just a, I think it was a nudge that was needed to get me to go and actually pack my bag for the hospital because it wasn't ready. I kept saying to, to Emma, oh, you know, it take me a couple of minutes. Um, but this was a nudge I needed. So as this was happening, I basically uh have we got a bleep of this show like you know i basically uh you know pooed myself a little bit uh panicked and she was as cool as a cucumber but i was like let's get let's make sure everything's sorted now so i ran upstairs packed my bag um we've got the car seat in the car as well ready for that and uh, we're now fully ready so i think it was a little nudge in the in the that i needed to get myself sorted 
So, yeah, I think in terms of you saying it's going to come on a Friday is either some really top banter or some really <clears throat> poop banter. <laughs> it, it is because got, I've got some other friends, uh, myself and Emma, got our, our good friends. I've got um, a baby due. Well, they're a week behind us, but she's already gone into labour and had her baby <laughs> today. And uh, so, you know, I, one of the reasons I also said, I was like, you know, she, she's beaten us. That's, that's not fair. Uh, so we need to, uh, you know, so it needs, needs to come on Friday. That's, that's got to be the day. So I, I basically put it all out there into the universe and then it, it started tricking me by making it, you know, seem like he was going to come. But like I say, we're now, on, now in the evening and no signs of, uh, of any labour at the moment. It's the, it's the gentle nudge of karma, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was something that needed to get me going upstairs to get that bag packed once and for all. So it's done. My, my biscuits are in there. I'm, all, I'm, I'm ready now. My biscuits are in there. Um, <laughs> so uh, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm ready as I'm. But what I've realized is that um, Emma is, uh, like I said earlier, cool as a cucumber. She's, she's like so relaxed and she's the one got to go through all of this. And I'm, I'm not going to be any use to her whatsoever. I need to, I need to book my ideas up. So I, I, nervousness, like, is an understatement, and we haven't even really got close to the day yet. So, um, yeah, I think I need to try and calm. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I might be stealing the gas and air off. I don't know. But yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's that's where we that's where we are. Uh, we and we've we've also had the birthing plan as well. So um, you know, we've we put together. Uh, some some ideas with that uh to, you know so we yeah Emma said what she she hopes for but she's quite easygoing I think she's I think she's quite willing to take it uh as it comes when it comes you know comes to what pain relief she might choose to have and things like that um she's hoping for not a water birth but potentially to be in the uh, in the water through labor um but this depends there's only one pool at the hospital so if we don't get the pool we're hoping for a bath um if you know and if not a bath then she you know she's not too too fussed but uh she would prefer that but that, that's about it really for for our update uh, you know we've had those plans and things like that and uh, it's just getting very close now it's getting becoming very very real yeah you can't get much realer than biscuits in the bag that's it. Bourbons as well. Good, good old bourbons. Yeah, well, you've got to go with the classics. I think <laughs> as far as biscuits go, I've got to say food is what definitely uh, got myself and Sam through the time that we spent in hospital. Because um, obviously anyone that recalls, Sam was actually meant to have been induced on the 31st of March. So it was a few days um, we were hanging around before the little man decided to uh, show his face. Um, but yeah, biscuits, uh, crisps, and I actually remember the specific crisps that got me through it was skips, you know, the, cl- the classic. Oh, <laughs> yes, skips. I yeah. That's one thing I haven't got in my bag yet. It's crisp. Maybe I'm not ready. I'm not ready. You're not ready, mate. I'm I sorry. Back it's out. Right, tomorrow. As, as adjudicated by the Blind Dad Diaries, you're not ready. You haven't got crisps. No, okay. <laughs> put it to, I'll put it on my list. Got to go on the list, mate. Oh, I want to see a tweet and everything with these crisps in hand. Actually saying that, I do have some pom bears downstairs. Maybe they could go in. Ooh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, out of all the choices, you know, but food, food yeah. tangent, much. <laughs> yeah, that, well, this welcome to the blind, blind dad diaries. If it's your first time, get used to it, really. Yeah, food. And speaking of food, I'm not going to be no shock to anyone that actually knows me. But on the first night um, that we were, we were we were in the hospital, Sam obviously got hospital food, 
And at that stage, we weren't really sure what was happening with me. So I was left hungry. So, of course, the beauties of Uber Eats and, uh, and McDonald's dropped off at the hospital. So, uh, yeah, oh, I always got to have a plan. That. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm sorted. I'm, I'm happy so, now. Literally, all I did was I ordered it. And I was just like, right, you know, going out for a breather. Ha ha. And then come back 10 minutes later with two, two handfuls of McDonald's and the midwives going, oh, do you want a hand with that? No, it's okay. I've got this. See, there, was a, there was a little uh, admission there. You know, he just said that Sam had already eaten and he comes back in with two handfuls of McDonald's. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't mean she got any. No. <laughs> No, but on a serious level, actually, she did. She she had a little bit. She uh, got some mozzarella dippers to make her feel a bit at home, you know. <laughs> Why not? Eh? Anything to get you through uh, through labour. Exactly, and and obviously moving on to our tales of uh, induction and baby arrival and delivery. So it all started as planned uh, on the thirty first of March, but literally. A couple of days before, Sam took a visit to the hospital as she was having a few dizzy spells and stuff and wasn't really sure what was going on. So a friend of ours, I was working at the time, so a friend of ours took her to the hospital um, to the FMAU. I forget what it stands for, but it's the like Fetal Maternity Assessment Unit, I think. I might have got that actually correct and spot on. It sounds right. Yeah, we'll go with it. It sounds right. doesn't mean it is. Um, <laughs> um and basically, it looked like she was starting with the onsets of preeclampsia, which you know is is fun on its own and doesn't doesn't need any introduction. So, when we finally made it to the thirty first of March and we got into the hospital, um, Sam went through all the standard tests, you know, of of admission, as it were, had a COVID um, swab as well, and and that was fun and entertaining to watch, as if the poor woman wasn't going to go through enough pain as it was um having a covid swab up her nose so that that was interesting but once all those results came back from uh from bloods etc turned out she was in pretty diagnosable stages of preeclampsia so actually delayed induction slightly um as we had to get some medication right for her and also check her blood pressure and make sure everything was going to be okay for delivery so it was kind of touch and go really for, for a lot of it so induction actually started around two o'clock in the afternoon it should have started at uh, 10 o'clock it's finally started at two after everything was was done and dusted and um we, we got settled in the room and all of that fun stuff so as as anyone will recall uh, the birth plan we had was that we were going to get a specific room. Uh, the room we were going to get, we didn't actually get, but we actually got a bit more of a comfortable room. Um, and actually it was, a, it was a lot more easier to work in. It was slightly smaller. So it meant actually it was a lot more easier for us to navigate and find where things were and all of that stuff. Um, but so actually, actually settling in and, and getting in the room was fine. And obviously I was fortunate enough to be with Sam. Obviously I was acting as her carer in this capacity so unfortunately, under some trust guidelines, the partner can only be with them for a certain amount of time during induction and delivery and some other bits and bobs. But as I was also acting as Sam's carer, I was very fortunate enough to, to still be in the room with her through all of this. And genuinely, I, I am not here to throw that in anyone's face by any stretch, but I'm so grateful that we, we were able to still be together going through that whole experience because as i'll explain it was quite a harrowing experience as as time goes on so in terms of what happened after the induction there was no progress whatsoever 
Um, she had a sweep as well. So these all sound like fun words that I wouldn't even dream of having done in, in to a male. So that these all, all these words sound amazing. And and Nathan, you know, if we ever get to that territory with you and Emma, <laughs> clean, clean your, you know, uh, block your ears out. <laughs> I'll pop some uh, some some earbuds, shall I, in the, uh, in the bag as well? Yeah, <laughs> pombers and earbuds. Um, <laughs> So yeah, that that was um, obviously all all entertainment, not um, as obviously it's quite it's quite difficult to to watch and and to be a birth partner. And I'll, I'll be I'll be honest, uh, I'll quote one of the midwives actually. One of the midwives genuinely said to me, "Being being a birth partner is actually one of the hardest jobs there is, because actually you don't know where to put yourself, you don't know what to do. There's a lot going on, and depending on the circumstances, actually you could just be." A, a, a passerby in all of this and just a witness to it and there's actually nothing you can do which if goes against every instinct you have as a partner or a father that you want to intervene and want to help but actually what what can you do yeah I think that's what I <laughs> yeah I say I keep saying about me panicking being being nervous it's not necessarily for the for the baby coming home it's about the uh, you know, going through through labor especially after the um yeah, the, the midwife appointment, which was the first sort of time I was able really to be there and and to go through what to maybe expect on the day. I, I I still can't believe Emma sat there and you know was, was quite calm and happy about it. I was I was the opposite. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it 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 is one of them. It's not an easy job, mate. So so brace yourself. Um, and obviously as as time went on, and obviously that was the first night we were in, Sam got food, yay for Sam. And that's when I uh, smuggled in my McDonald's. <laughs> um, she then had another induction through the night, uh, had a bit of a rest because there was no change. She They then attempted induction again on the 1st of April. Now, again, we I was really wanting a 1st of April baby. I was really wanting an April Fool's baby. We got so close. It was, it was unreal. But uh, it, the... the test of time was against us and, I, and it never happened on april 1st which is a bit of a shame because and again i just think it's pure banter of being able to say i had a kid born on april fool's day ah. <laughs> uh, I, you know what i when i was sat waiting for your message i was thinking it's going to be an april fool's baby it's going to be april fool's baby and then obviously it wasn't to be but uh, yeah, yeah it wasn't to be mate but i was i was really hoping it would be but as as time went on um she was induced again um late 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 into uh, the evening of the 1st of april slash the 2nd of april still not much movement and then obviously conversations are starting around breaking waters and uh, potential cesarean sections and all this fun stuff so they they give her a bit of a breather and they leave her for a bit of the day and they come back and break the waters if i remember rightly it was about two o'clock they broke the waters um and then it just went from naught to 60 in about a second it, it just it just ramped up from there and then it went from 60 to 100 it, it, and <laughs> and speed of light even quicker th than that it just seems surreal from two o'clock onwards and what what basically happened at this stage is sam was uh, planned to have the epidural um Unfortunately, the anaesthetist was waylaid with an emergency that had gone into the operating theatre. So Sam ended up waiting two hours to get the epidural. And bear in mind at this stage now, she's in full flow throes of labour. She, she literally went from two centimetres to 10 centimetres in a time frame. I can't even tell you the, how, how quick it went. 
Um, so she's literally in full throes of labour. She's starting to vomit and all this fun. And there's just me in the room because obviously the midwives didn't expect it to happen this quick. So I'm being vomited on. I'm trying to find things to clean up things. And obviously a blind person f- fumbling around the room trying to find tissues and all this stuff was, was entertaining on its own. Um, where it not been a very you know delicate situation you could have laughed at it um to be quite honest trying to catch vomit and trying to wipe up vomit and i pressed i it got to the stage where i had to actually just press the emergency button because it was like i don't know what i'm doing now um help <laughs> so nathan on your tour when when emma showed you the room make sure you know where the call button is <laughs> that's that's third, first on my list yeah oh, sorry sorry after the kettle no no it's definitely uh, yeah. first on the list yeah yeah you, you need to know where that bloody call button is mate i kid you not um even if your partner assures you it's okay i've got it don't you worry honey <laughs> no you need to know where that button is <laughs> no i i think uh I, with the amount of sort of um you know difficulties emma's had with you know being being sick through through pregnancy she's anticipating it to be a, be like that labor as well so um yeah i think the uh, that call button will be in use potentially so well and yeah i certainly will need to know where it is anyway just in case you never know yeah, definitely and also for, for your sakes as well learn the location of the uh, gas and air mask as well because sometimes it falls off the bed and what have you so if you can find the pipe it connects to so you can always hand it back to her that's always another handy one i'll, I'll give you and emma if you're listening to this at any point this podcast has not been designed to worry you or anything <laughs> It's simply just sharing experience. She, she will be listening as well. She, she loves listening <laughs> to this. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> this, let, let's hopefully, you know, we, we said about when we start this podcast, we said hopefully we'll be able to give different ends of the spectrum of, of uh, you know, going through the, the journey of becoming a, becoming a dad and becoming a parent. So, you know, this, this hopefully this is, this is one example and, you know, it can go many different ways, can't it? So. Yeah, it definitely can. And let's hope they don't go anywhere near the, the way we did. So, so yeah, once, once obviously all this vomit is ensuing, I, I finally get a healthcare assistant to come in and they realise I'm turning into an octopus trying to juggle everything that's going on in the room. And don't forget, Diesel is with us as well. So my guide dog is with us in the room um and he'd been with us the whole time until this point and then i get a midwife come in the room finally and then another midwife appears and it it all starts to go slightly out of control at this point and um the, the one thing i can say is everyone kept communicating to us everyone kept talking to us explaining what was going on around us and everything that was happening so once the epidural process had started um, which is not an easy process either you, you sometimes you have this vision of an epidural just being an injection and, and away you go but um it's not it's really not i've seen it firsthand it, it you know it's it's quite an interesting procedure in a sense of got to get your legs over the bed and sat up and you've got to listen to all these instructions and they've got to check through medication and they've got to do and and then they've got to basically treat the room like an operating theater and sanitize it and put like sheets all over Sam to make sure there's a sterile block between her and, and the anesthetist and all of this stuff. And then and a tap goes in the back and, and then an injection goes in and, and then a catheter is, is put out. It, it, it's not a pretty experience at all. And the fact it took two hours to, to even get to that stage for poor Sam, she had gone pain-free because actually gas and air didn't work very well for her. And again, this is not, I'm not out to scare anyone. Uh, just gas and air didn't really agree with Sam. So it was a bit of a tough ride to this point. 
but again we had all the, the support around us once that once we'd reached that stage we we didn't we had enough people by our side going through everything with us diesel was still with us in the room he was totally again cool as a cucumber don't know how that dog pulled it off but honestly he was absolutely fine stayed on his bed chilled the whole time but we in the birth plan we had an emergency protocol which was if for whatever reason the midwives felt like we were about to get to an emergency and more people might come into the room or Sam might need to be whisked away or whatever diesel would just simply be collected by a healthcare assistant and taken to another room or taken for a walk with you know with, with no communication with him not to distract him just to take him away and um let him go and sniff around or just do something to, to be away from the room so it, we're at the stage now where sam is in complete full throes of labor now epidural has gone in but now baby's traveled that far down into the canal that actually epidural was not really that effective at this stage and then um we start to lose baby's heartbeat we then start to lose sam to a degree um so it gets very very traumatic it gets quite quite interesting and the next minute i hear the lead midwife turn to another midwife and, and just say it's time can you get one of the hcas to come and collect diesel please and my blood ran cold because I knew that was our that was our emergency protocol, and I tell you what, the midwives are normally very discreet and don't try and tell you what's going on because they don't want to upset or panic anyone. But obviously, in that situation, oh, I knew, <laughs> I, I knew that there was something not right, and um, we had doctors in the room trying to locate uh, Leo's heartbeat. We had um, pediatric doctors on standby, obviously in case he came out blue or anything like that. There was blood bags appearing because Sam was losing so much blood. Um, we had surgical team literally at the door on standby, ready to come in and intervene. It was not, it was not a, uh, a nice scenario in the slightest. But what I can say still through all of this is the guys at the hospital were impeccable. They kept telling me, because at stage Sam was a little bit out of it, they kept telling me everything that was going on, talking us both through it, explaining what was happening, where they were, where they were, what they were doing, where they were snipping, all things like that. You know, I don't want to be too gory, but you get the gist because you need to be explained what's going on. Because still to this day, Sam, Sam asks me questions and they go, ah, actually, so yeah, this happened at this point. So I remember this doctor saying that and this midwife saying this. So yeah, all in all, though, um, it, it finally all came to a a delightful end as he as Sam was able to do one final push, and this was literally it. This 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 was it. It was the final push, and she was being taken to theatre. It was literally like you can't get him out now. We're gonna have to get him out ourselves because he was stuck. She was struggling, running out of energy. It was all a little bit traumatic, and so literally in that final push out he came and um, he was literally lifted up and put straight on Sam's chest and in that moment Sam came back in the room literally in that moment she she, she still says this day she saw his little face this this growling grizzly bloody face being thrown at her um, and that's literally what she felt like she just woke up to she missed half of that you know in her memory and literally had Leo in her arms when it was all said and done and it was it was literally one of the most scariest, proudest, emotional, happy, distraught, 
an anxious moments of my life that you could literally combine together in, in one. Um, but from the sight loss perspective, you know, the reason why we're here is that literally audio description could not have been any better from the team. Communication was completely key to everything that happened. Uh, and I, I honestly, there were two midwives in the room. There were two doctors. There was a pediatric doctor. Excuse me. There was healthcare assistants. The room was just full. And yet everyone was communicating so well that no one overlapped anyone. Everyone was still talking at a nice pace and everyone was being really, really cohesive and collaborative with everything they were doing. Um, and it wasn't really until the debrief the next day with the doctor and anaesthetist, we realized how, how close we came to a very different ending. And uh, so I'm glad that we didn't. And it was actually a really, really successful procedure in the end. And they tried to use forceps. They tried to use a suction cup to get Leo out because he was stuck but none of that worked. So at the end of the day, on paper, Sam delivered naturally with virtually no assistance. But obviously being in the room and seeing what happened, it was a very different story. But he arrived, we knew he was going to be small. Uh, he, was, he weighed in at five pounds, so not terribly small, but was in the 0.6 percentile. So again, a little bit less than we thought he was going to be, to be quite honest. So um but yeah, he was in a 0.6 percentile. He was actually measured at being in the third, but he was in a 0.6. So he still was a little bit less than he should have been, a lot less than he should have been. Um, but having said that, they, they were brilliant. But then we had a trip to Skaboo, which is the special care baby unit. As because of his low birth weight and a few other issues, he needed monitoring and he needed to go on some drips. And again, a bit of a horrible experience and I've said this to midwives I you know genuinely I think every parent should go into Skaboo at least and listen to everything that's going on because boy does it really bring you down to earth and make you realize how lucky you are when all you can hear is alarms and sirens going off for, for other babies that aren't having as much of a better ride than than your baby is and what have you it's it's a real sobering experience and especially as with a visual impairment, you're listening to everything that's going on around you. And Leo's oxygen did drop a few times and you're hearing that alarm go off. It is, it is scary. But what I also can say is the Skaboo team were amazing. Again, they allowed Diesel in. So obviously anyone who's familiar with guide dog protocols and equality legislation is technically speaking, guide dogs are allowed anywhere with their owner. As long as public are allowed, you're allowed, you know, the dog's allowed, the dog comes with you, except for catering areas, intensive care and places like Skaboo. Well, what they did to limit risk is they actually moved Leo to a, a separate room and, and had him in his own bay so normally they would have the beds like side by side six to a room but they they allow because he he didn't need close monitoring to the point where you needed a nurse watching him literally 24 7 it was he was being checked on every five to ten minutes that they could have him in a separate room and that's what they did just so that we could get diesel in the room with him and with so that we could actually get our way to skaboo as well so because sam was basically attached to me i was guiding sam while diesel was guiding me so it was a bit of a guiding train if you like but again without without the support 
and um, everything from the Skaboo team and the hospital team, that wouldn't have happened as well. And it might have limited how much we might have seen him in Skaboo because we would have needed staff assistance the whole time. But we didn't. Once we knew the route, we just went when we wanted to and when we needed to because um, Sam was breastfeeding at the time. Still kind of is, but that's a different story for a different podcast. Um, but we were able to go in and see him and, and be with him for as much as long as we wanted to. And that was all down to the um, openness and, you know, the, I can't even think of the right words right now because I'm reliving it all at the moment. And it's actually quite emotional um, to be quite honest, but yeah, the, the openness and acceptance, acceptance of needing Diesel with us that, that everyone was just so great that honestly, I, I couldn't, there's nothing I could say against the trust and the staff that supported us Um in terms of there was nothing, nothing was too much hassle for anyone. And and that for me, being a guide dog owner of literally uh, 10, 11 years now, something stupid like that, 10 years. Yeah. 10 years. It's like, I've, I've had many access refusals and I'm used to making my own accommodations and making reasonable adjustments on my side of the fence, just as much as, you know, being, being amicable and coming to compromises but with them, there was no compromises. They made sure that me and Sam were comfortable the whole time. And it was really, really nice to see that as a guide dog owner, that the one place you might actually expect a bit of pushback and a bit of, oh, actually, you know, I'm not really not really sure a dog should be in here. We didn't get any of it. And that was so, so heartwarming to, to have that experience and be told you're not a problem. This is not this is not an issue. And the respect that Diesel got from all the midwives and everything, it was as we finally were discharged, uh, I think it was the 4th or the 5th of April now. I really can't remember. I'm going to go with the 5th. It sounds better. Um, with the 5th of April, as we walked out with, with Leo in the car seat, and so I had Diesel, on, uh, Diesel guiding me. I was carrying Leo. Sam was following my shadow. Um, and we went and we, we walked down the delivery suite and all of the midwives, literally, it was like a, a guard of honor, all the midwives waving and saying, goodbye, Diesel, we miss you already. And all of, it was like, oh, it was it was it was genuinely it, it, it summed up the whole experience so well as to everything that happened and how everyone dealt with us and accepted us and uh, and put up with the dog hair that I, I was trying to brush up. But I even got told off, don't brush up. You're not here to brush up. We will, we will, you know, it's our problem to make sure the rooms are clean. Yes, it's dog hair, but don't worry about it. It's not your problem. Because I just felt like I had to, like when you go to a hotel and you make sure your dog doesn't want the beds and all that stuff, and you want to make sure that, you know, you keep the room clean with dog hair. I was trying to, I was trying to be that level of conscious about trying to keep the room sterile. But they told me off every time I touched the brush. It was, no, sit back down. Don't bother. We'll do it, <laughs> you know. And, and it was, it was again. It, it nothing was an issue for any of them, and I, I can't say that enough. It, it was a great experience oh, beyond the labour, um, because I don't think either myself or Sam want to relive that. Um, but everything else was so great, and everyone was so accommodating. And once they knew I was staying in hospital with Sam, I got food too. So you know, there are pluses to this. <laughs> I mean. I if I couldn't, if I didn't think that, you know, the service could get any better, that that just tops it off. You know, we, yeah. we go back to food, don't we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're straight back to food, man. And, yeah. and we've, we've done a full circle. But yeah, it, 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 in the end, it was really good. But what I will also say, there was a, 
I've actually done a TikTok, uh, a two-part TikTok, actually. I, I finally got it finished today on navigating a hospital. Um, and what I did was I used an app called Clue. So I don't know if you've used this before, Nathan, or heard of it. Uh, no, I haven't, actually. So Clue is an app that allows you to do indoor navigation. So you set up your route. So you, for example, you, if Emma was to walk with you to, to the room you're staying in and then take you out to like the toilets or whatever, or I don't know, or the canteen or a vending machine, whatever it might be, you use your phone um, to record the route, basically. So you, you anchor your phone, you place it on a wall as an anchor point, and then you walk the route with your phone in front of you. It records video and takes all of the your, your, um, accelerometer, your gyro, all of that stuff. Um, and as you walk down your route, you can then choose to just use it as a one-time route that you only use it backwards, um, go into and from, or you can use it twice. So start, so from start to beginning and from end to start, um, as long as you anchor it at the end and record the route, which then means you can then use your phone again, as long as you use the correct anchor point, you can then use your phone to give you virtual landmarks and you get like, it's like a game, if I'm totally honest, if you could see it, um, Nathan, it, it like gives landmarks of, um, you think of a Google pin um, spinning in front of you and it gives you audio sound as well as to whether you need to turn left, turn right, go straight ahead. Um, so that also, gives you clues. Yes, literally clues. Yeah, yeah well, it makes sense. Yes, bread. You think of it as breadcrumbs. If you think about your orientation mobility, it's it's breadcrumbs. Literally, it, you leave breadcrumbs where you go, and you just follow them back. It, it's really, really good. And I used that a few. Once I was taking diesel to spend, I did the route out. And I used it to come straight back as well. So once I came up to the second floor and then wanted to get to the delivery suite, I literally walked from, you know, from the lift to the room we were staying in, just down to the app without any assistance. So, yeah, that's one for you to bear in mind genuinely. And that was, that was actually a brilliant help. But I've used that in other settings like hotels and, and workplaces I'm quite unfamiliar with. Um, so that's one you might want to think about. It does take a bit of setup and a bit of configuration, you know, in terms of someone to help you see where the anchor points are and all that stuff. But once you're done and you know where you're putting your phone, you, you should be good to go. So that's that's one to bear in mind that I found really useful. And of course, the other app that should be in the arsenal is, of course, Uber Eats. But <laughs> <that's it. laughs> we're, we're back to food again. But yeah, so it's it's been it's been a crazy crazy time and because obviously we've taken so much up with this news um we are planning to record a bonus podcast for everyone and get us back on track so once this one goes live this should technically go live um today on recording which i don't even know what day is how bad's that um there you go it's the 16th of april so it should go live today on the 16th of april but most people probably listen to this on the 17th or the week of um, but we plan then for um, the, 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 I can't even speak, the next podcast to come out next Friday, which would be, if I check my calendar again, because, you know, um, filler. 23rd? Yeah, correct. Look at that, 23rd. So we will, we will try and get that out and recorded by the 23rd. It will definitely be out for the 24th. Um, so obviously we can take a bit more time to go over some of the finer details and obviously get a bit more on Nathan and Emma's story, providing Nathan, Nathan, not Nathan, providing Emma's not given birth. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so that that's a bit of a, 
rundown. I am sure I've missed something along the way. I have, um, but it's something I will bring to the podcast podcast next time, actually, because I didn't realise how long we've talked for already. So the what we're going to bring to the podcast next time is um, something that was quite interesting during the epidural process with Sam. She was asked to sign a form that she couldn't actually see. Um, which is quite interesting. And we are actually in talks with the hospital to see how that process can be improved. Um, so yeah, we'll come back for, come back to the next podcast to listen to a bit more on that and how we plan to uh, hopefully try and change that along with also um, how ineff- inefficient it actually was and how much it actually slowed the process down. But we will talk about that on the next podcast um nathan i am totally aware i have completely swallowed the whole time of this podcast is there anything you want to add anything you want to ask or uh yeah i mean you've just had a baby uh, i mean i kind of expected that anyway but uh I, I just want to say i mean it was obviously listening to you then it's it's remarkable terrifying incredible you know that you've said so many descriptive words there but uh if, if sam's listening um and to you, I've got a few, you as well, of course. Just a massive well done to you both. You know, it wasn't, it certainly wasn't the, uh, didn't sound like the easiest of um, of situations you were in. Um, you know, I know you've said that it was, it was obviously scary, which it would be, for, would be for anybody, obviously. So for you both to, to, to have dealt with that the way you have sounds incredible. And obviously, you know, we've said about in previous podcasts about how amazing your trust have been about preparing you know, to get things in place, to be as supportive as possible. And we've said how basically textbook amazing they'd been up to this point, but to then also ensure that was still the case in amongst that situation, you know, they, they very easily could have forgot or, you know, or, or just take, taken over and not kept you in, included, but to, to ensure that they, you know, kept you both in the loop the way they did. You know, we, we all say how grateful we are for the, for the NHS, but that, that takes the service to a, to a new level so uh, if anybody's you know listening who was a, a part of that you know massively well done and, and thank you I guess you know because that's that's just it's superb and really really amazing to hear that absolutely mate and, and you know genuinely sat on the other side of the NHS COVID wall as it were at, it, it's incredible to see what they're still managing to achieve with everything else that's going on in the world and still being able to run the service that they are and also give us that care and the aftercare as well. You know, that's what's important. Also still sitting down with us and talking us through the bits we might have missed. You can't fault that. And and yeah, I don't, the midwives genuinely, I think, are some of the most unsung heroes. We, you know, we only, we only tend to run into them at the start of journeys, don't we? The start of lives. And you don't really have much involvement with them from then on. But their job goes on at the end of the day and they still keep helping bringing more lives into the world. So yeah, I can't say anything more than I genuinely pay homage to, to any midwife um, or even healthcare assistant that works within midwifery and delivery suites. It's an unfathomable task um, and a job that the, the pressures and demands on them is just phenomenal and witnessing it firsthand in the current climate I can't say anything more with, 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 you know, without pledging some type of allegiance to them, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, amazing and, and incredible at the same time. 
But obviously on, on that note, I think we will close the podcast there because I think we've overran ever so slightly. But the next podcast will be out for Saturday, the 24th of April. If anyone has got any questions or wants to get in touch with us, you can email team at bsbsitesupport.org.uk or you can reach us on our socials at bsb site support we are available on twitter the insta and also facebook so as ever been great to be in the virtual studio with you nathan and genuinely looking forward to the next podcast and let's see what else comes plenty of tales of pooey nappies and overflowing babies with milk to also come because we've missed the day-to-day run-ins of, of a baby now two weeks in so we got all that to add and i'm looking forward to it so thanks nathan and see you all next time. This is The Blind Dad's Diaries with Martin Ralph and Nathan Edge.